From the studios of, the, of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey and somewhere on the East Coast, this is Teeing It Up Presents the Sunday Sprint. I'm Jeremy Schilling. Joining me, as always, the host of the Morrow Midday Show on ESPN 98.9 FM, Charleston, South Carolina, and the voice of the Citadel, Mr. Luke Morrow, ladies and gentlemen. Luke, good morning. Good morning. It is a playoff Saturday in America, the start of Super Wild Card Weekend. Yes, a corny name, but I guess it is uh, fitting because it's great. I mean, how often, when have we ever been able to sit down and watch a triple header on Saturday and Sunday in the playoffs? It hasn't happened, so it is uh, pretty super. I'm looking forward to it. That's good. Um, we'll, we'll get to some of the nooks and crannies um, of of this weekend as we go along. We've got six games, limited amount of time. Let's get after it. The Bills, for the first time all year, Luke King, have fans come into New Era Stadium, which is going to be renamed something soon. Um, for me, this is about Josh Allen not turning over the ball. If Josh Allen can hold on to the ball and if the Bills can establish a lead, I think they win this game. The key is, can the Colts win the coin toss receive, and try to get ahead early. I think if that combination happens, they could cause a problem for Buffalo. If not, this team is in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I agree with just about uh, everything you said, but I would I would say that I think it's uh, more vital that Phillip Rivers actually holds on to the football. The Colts this year, 5-1 and one when they have fewer than two turnovers. doesn't matter what they do on defense. They can even have one turnover. When they have less than two turnovers, they're 5-1. and one. When they have two turnovers or more, they're a 500 team. And we've seen Phillip Rivers these last couple of years have some costly interceptions in the fourth quarters of close games. As you alluded to, he's a much better quarterback. The Colts are a better team. When they can play with a lead instead of forcing Phillip Rivers to try to pull off some sort of second-half comeback. And the Bills, I mean, they've been the hottest team in football. If it wasn't for that Hale Murray, they'd be on a 10-game winning streak. They scored more points this year than even the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I do think that the Bills have played the best of anybody in the league, and they score over 30 points a game. So can the Colts keep up? So I, I agree with your point. Indianapolis, you know, get the coin toss, put together a drive. They've had their run game going second half of the season. Try to shorten the game. Keep up as best as you can with uh, Josh Allen and try to play with a lead and make the Bills have to come back on you instead of vice versa because that's where Phillip Rivers has gotten in trouble. And if the Colts take care of the football, and they're able to shorten the game a little bit, I think they can hang in there, certainly. I do like this Colts team. I don't know if I like this matchup, uh, but I think the Colts, if they take care of the football and are able to run it on the Bills, and the Bills' defense has not been the same this year, I think the Colts can hang in there, certainly. Hale Murray, is that the official name for that play? What's that? Is Hale Murray the official name for the uh, 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 Kyler Murray, Hale um, Murray against the Bills? Is that the official That's name? The Hale Murray. Okay, put that into Wikipedia if it's not already, folks. The Hail Murray is that play. Yes. Um, Okay, Seattle, Los Angeles. I'm stunned this is a three-point line, Luke, because we don't know who the quarterback for the Rams are, is, or are. They they, they may need to to use two. And the other thing about this is if it's Jared Goff, how good and how healthy and how healed is his thumb – this game is going to be 20 points uh, victory margin. This is an absolutely dominating Seahawk performance. I have no idea why this line is the way that it is. Um, uh, plus, the Rams have problems in buildings with no fans. Look at what happened against the Jets. They were flat. Yeah, they were. It's interesting that you think that. You know, I, I've 
struggled with this game. Uh, really? This is one of the bigger toss-ups. Yeah, this is one of the bigger toss-ups to me this weekend because, uh, for one, Seattle, I don't know what's been going on with Russell Wilson. I had some guests on the show this past week. I tried to have somebody explain it, people who are smarter than me. Nobody really has an answer for the Seahawks, but Russell Wilson was the number one quarterback through the first nine weeks, and then the last eight weeks, he's number 18. And Seattle, after they were being led by their offense early in the season, and Russell Wilson was playing so good, they've been led by their defense lately. And I still trust Russell Wilson in big games and in playoff games like this, but the offense just hasn't been very good. DK Metcalf's averaging 52 receiving yards per game over the last month and a half. You know, that's not much. Jalen Ramsey shut him down in both matchups this year. And the Rams' defense is very good, but I think they'll keep it close. Seattle plays a lot of close games. So I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. The first two, when these two teams played, were very low-scoring. Neither game exceeded 40 points. Uh, both have good defenses. And the Rams, the Rams' defense are so good. You know, last week I took them to beat the Cardinals, even without Jared Goff, because I thought the defense was good enough, and they were fantastic against Arizona. So I think L.A.'s defense will keep them in this game, especially with the way that Seattle's offense has been struggling lately. And uh, we'll see which quarterback plays, but Jared Goff is the lowest quarterback rating uh, of all the playoff quarterbacks this season. And so I think it's going to be close, low scoring, but that's the difference maker that I trust Russell Wilson in a close game in the fourth quarter a lot more than Jared Goff or John Walford. So I'll take Seattle to win, but I do think it's close. I think it's going to be very ugly, a defensive battle, not a lot of points. I'm going to take the under on the 42, and I think the Seahawks squeak it out. Um, And remember, too, it's Kyler Murray's injury and what impact that had. as it pertains to, to um, that game and them being able to turn that into usable points. Um, okay, next up we have Washington and Tampa. For me, Luke, this game is about one thing and one thing only. Can Washington get ahead early? Same thing that I believe Indianapolis has to do. If Tampa gets into an offensive rhythm, which they have in you know the the second half of the season to get to eleven and five after struggling and being hot cold hot cold for the first eight games or so, this could be a 40, 35, 40 point dominating victory. I truly believe that Washington has to keep it close. They have to score early. They cannot let Tom Brady and company get ahead. And um, if not, you're going to hear Mike Tirico from his home home office in in, in Ann Arbor calling another blowout. Yeah, which that, that'll be interesting, the way uh, that, that dynamic with the play-by-play guy not on site. Um, you know, based off of how these two teams played this year and based off of their rosters, this should be a Tampa Bay blowout. Tampa Bay is a much more talented team I've been saying all year. I think Tampa Bay has a top-three roster in the NFL, and Washington's lucky they even made the playoffs in that crappy division. But I don't think this is a great matchup for Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay wins the game. I don't think it's going to be easy. I would even take Washington as uh, some places I've seen Washington still as a 10-point underdog. Uh, I would take Washington uh, against the spread for a number of different reasons. Uh, Of course, the pass rush of Washington, and that's how you beat Tom Brady. We saw the Giants do that. When you can pressure the quarterback, specifically Tom Brady, with just your front four, especially in the A-gap, you can have success. Washington can do that. They have not allowed over 20 points in the last two months. They also have not lost by more than a single score since September. So Washington plays a lot of close games. Their defense keeps them in it. And I think the defense will make it tough on Brady and keep them in it today. Outdoors, I think it's only supposed to be like 42 degrees, so not too bad. But you're outdoors on a tough track at uh, FedEx Field, whatever they call it now. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Saturday night, Tom Brady, uh, in terms of a betting perspective, he hasn't covered the spread in seven straight night games. His record is about 500, and his numbers aren't nearly as good. Brady's used to going to bed at 8.30. He doesn't play very well at night, so you have that going. There's a lot of factors. And the last one I'll give you is that Ron Rivera, the last time uh, we had Ron Rivera in the playoffs with a team under 500, the Carolina Panthers, in the first round, they beat a Bruce Arians team that won 11 games that year, which is the exact same situation tonight. And the last two times that a team on the road was favored by eight points or more in the playoffs, they lost outright. So I think Washington will keep this a lot closer than many people believe, but Tampa Bay will find a way to, to win in the end. Um, interesting point involving Ron and Bruce. And by the way, just back to Los Angeles, Seattle for a second, because I, I, I had a little technical difficulty on my end. How much of the Rams' defensive success was because of Kyler Murray uh, getting hurt? That's the point I was trying to make. Okay, tomorrow, Baltimore, Tennessee on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN+, and Freeform. Luke, do you know what channel Freeform is on your television? Uh, I'll find it. I know it's the old ABC family. That's how I remember that. Well, good for you. A lot of people have never heard of Freeform, so you're ahead of the game there. Look, I know my TV channels. Okay, there, there you go. It's props to you. Um, in in my mind, Baltimore. How much of this run to end the season is real? How much got taken out of them versus a Tennessee team that hey struggled last week uh, for a while and really needed to persevere and 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 push through? Yes, Derrick Henry is a two thousand yard rusher, but everybody knows you have to stop Derrick Henry. I, I, I think this could be one of those 24-21 type games where it's kind of a defensive game. I'm not sure either team breaks out here. Yeah, because they're so similar. Like you said, I mean, they're both about running the football. This will probably be the quickest game of the weekend because the clock's always going to be running. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 like the Titans, uh, I like the Titans to win outright in this game. And in large part, I just don't, I, until Lamar Jackson proves me wrong, I just don't trust them. Obviously, the 0-2 in the playoff games where they lost at home to wildcard teams, teams they should have beaten. They're favored in this game, so this is another game in which, another playoff game in which they're favored. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson is 0-3 against Mahomes, has never beaten Ben Roethlisberger. He's lost, really, every big game of his career, and here's another one tomorrow. Now, the Ravens, allow me to talk out of both sides of my mouth because I think Baltimore is the most underrated team in this playoff field because they had the greatest point differential this year. They were the most dominant team this season. And you mentioned that they're coming into the playoffs hot, uh, five-game winning streak. Only one of those games came against a winning team this season. Uh, the other four were against some bad teams. So the analytics tell you that the Ravens are actually one of the best teams in the league based off of their point differential. Keep that in mind. But with that said, I'll contradict myself and think that they still lose because I trust Ryan Tannehill to make plays with his arm more than a Lamar Jackson in the fourth quarter. The Titans beat the Ravens last year in the playoffs. They beat them earlier this year. Both of those are on the road. Now they'll be home. And I think it comes down to the quarterback. These teams are going to run the football all day. But come fourth quarter, right? I think the quarterback is going to have to make a play. And I trust Ryan Tannehill to do that more than I do uh, Lamar Jackson and what we've seen from his arm ability. And the last thing being, Lamar Jackson has never erased a double-digit deficit before, and he only has one halftime comeback in his entire career, and that was earlier this season when they were down three at the half. Both these teams like to play with a lead. So whichever team wins the coin toss, get the ball first, 
try to play from ahead, and if the Titans jump up 10 or 14 points, even if it's the second quarter, I think that's the game right there. So the Titans have more firepower that they can put this game away early and hold on to the lead against Lamar. Great point. Um, okay, next up we have Chicago, New Orleans. Tony Romo will, will be calling this game from Dallas at home. Jim Nance on site along with Tracy Wolfson and Jay Feely. Um, Luke, this game is on CBS, Amazon Prime, and Nickelodeon. When was the last time you turned on Nickelodeon? Man, good question. It's been years, and I don't think I'm going to be turning it on this weekend. Okay. Well, I think this is the game to watch golf during because I believe New Orleans is going to dominate this game, also win by like 35 against the Bears, and you'll be watching the Century Tournament of Champions on Golf Channel. Uh, sorry, on NBC from 4 to 6, Golf Channel 6 to 8. That's why they need SpongeBob. That's why SpongeBob's going to be part of the game, and they're going to be sliming Mitch Trubisky after his interceptions. It's going to make it uh, fun to watch despite the score. Well, that's only on the Nickelodeon telecast, though. Right, so make sure you're watching the Nickelodeon telecast because that'll be the only one uh, uh, worth watching for this game, I suppose. Okay, so we'll quickly move on then to uh, Cleveland-Pittsburgh. Sunday night football, that game is on NBC and Peacock. When was the last time you watched something on Peacock? Uh, never. I, I've considered it because they they now have The Office, but I'm not paying $5 a month for it. I got The Office on DVR anyway, so I've never watched Peacock. Okay, there you go. Luke and, and your streaming service and another platform update for you. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Good Take night. care. Um, okay, look, to me this game is fascinating because you have Cleveland, who could have stage fright, versus Pittsburgh, who has not been the same Pittsburgh team that was undefeated. I don't know which is going to show up. I don't know what's going to happen here. What I do know is I trust more of Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger than I do a special teams coach filling in for a head coach that has COVID that has to watch this game from home. Um, It's a bad situation for Cleveland, and I think they get a little nervous. Baker throws a stupid interception or silly interception early on. And I think Pittsburgh wins this game, though I don't think they're going anywhere long-term in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you made the two most important points, and the first one being the inexperience of Baker Mayfield. Quarterbacks making their first playoff start against a quarterback who has played in the playoffs before. That quarterback making their debut, in this case Baker Mayfield, is 9-30 and straight up all time. Uh, I'm going to take Ben Roethlisberger with his multiple Super Bowls and having played in the postseason well, probably a dozen times and all the playoff games he's played, also at home on a Sunday night, then I'm, uh, I feel more comfortable taking him than I do Baker Mayfield without his play caller and head coach Kevin Stefanski, which has been the main reason why the Browns have been so successful this year. Now, granted, they had almost the full week to get ready for this change, and that's going to be uh, Alex Van Pelt will be calling the plays. He's only been an offensive coordinator one season in his career, and that was 11 years ago in Buffalo. Uh, that's quite the swap in the last minute of a playoff game. It's a little bit of a different situation, but we just watched Clemson without their offensive coordinator, who had to uh, sit out because of COVID days before the game. And, of course, all these teams script their opening drive or two. Clemson scored two touchdowns in their first 18 plays. That was the script. After that, they scored two touchdowns the rest of the game. Their uh, fill-in offensive coordinator couldn't make the adjustment. So I think something similar will happen tomorrow. Where the Browns probably will come out and look fine on offense the first possession or two because that's the script the fans can put together. But once you have to start making play calls on the fly and adjusting to what Pittsburgh, a top-five defense, by the way, will be doing, that's where Cleveland will struggle. So I think the Browns 
are really going to miss Stefanski, and I'll take Ben Roethlisberger at home with the better defense and the more playoff experience over Baker Mayfield, who also, by the way, will be missing probably his best offensive lineman tomorrow as well. So give me Pittsburgh. Um, is there any game to watch golf during for you? Uh, you know, because it's the playoffs, I do think they'll all be good matchups. You know, against the spread, I, I would take the Bears. I do think they'll keep it to a, a single score. But if I had to pick a game, uh, I would say probably that one. Also, the Rams-Seahawks, I think, is just going to be an ugly game. I think that's going to be the most boring game of the weekend because there's not going to be a lot of points. Uh, but I would say I guess Bears thing. There you go. Uh, Luke, enjoy your super wild card weekend. And make sure you include super a lot of times because the NFL would like you to do that. Yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. It's very corny, but I am looking forward to the six games this weekend. <laughs> okay, have fun. And, um, it, it, hey, Sean Payton said he'll happily get slimed. So it could happen. I hope, I, uh, I hope the Saints lose and then you can slime Sean Payton. <laughs> no, he wants to win and be slimed. Yeah, well, forget him. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, not a fan. Oh, my. Um... <laughs> He's Luke. I'm Jeremy. That's the Sunday Sprint. We'll see you next week.